Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Hamida wa musalliya wa musallima. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts the dua of Yusuf alayhi salam فَاسْتَجَابَ لَهُ رَبُّهُ فَصَرَفَ عَنْهُ كَيْدَهُنَّ And he moves the plan away from Yusuf alayhi salatu wa taslim and Allah says إِنَّهُ هُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ that the reason Allah accepts duas is because he is all hearing and all knowledgeable <coughs> and these are amazing how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses different attributes in different places so Allah here says إِنَّهُ هُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ Generally, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about dua, then he says he hears, okay? But the other attribute that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala often links it with is alim, that he knows. So sometimes we might be asking for something, but that something in the knowledge of Allah isn't good. So because of that, Allah listens but doesn't give the exact thing. Allah listens as a general rule, Allah listens. Because He says, That's the general rule. Call me and I will answer. So as a general rule, Allah answers. But how Allah answers, that's within His capacity. This alim depends on why Allah wants to answer that particular dua at that time. We don't know it, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows it. As a result of this, Ulama make mention that there are three ways a person will get rewarded for their dua. The first is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that that thing is good for him and gives it to him. The second is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that that thing might not be good for him and there's something better. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him the better thing. Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would remove a difficulty and an obstacle from his path. And finally... According to the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, the people will enter Jannah. And when they enter Jannah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell them, and these also are your rewards. These also are the things that you have earned. They will say, Allah, but we don't remember these things. Because generally for everything, there'll be, it'll be noted. It doesn't leave anything out. So they'll say, Allah, but where, where did this come from? So Allah will say, these are all the unanswered du'as that you made in your life. On that occasion, the person will say, how I wish that all my du'as weren't answered. But nonetheless, we continue to make du'a because Allah loves when we do make du'a. But this attribute of knowledge, we need to understand that Allah will give us when we ask based on His unlimited resources, if that thing is good for us or something better or keep it in store. So don't be too hasty to wait for the response for the dua. Sometimes we make dua except for toba. Toba is the only dua that you must hope for response immediately. Toba is the one dua that when you make it, you must be like, Allah, really you got to do this for me, subhanAllah. And my sheikh says, may Allah grant him a long life. He says, listen, if you want to make toba, what you do is you make a strong wudu, you perform two rakats of salah, you lengthen the ruku', you lengthen the sujood. Perhaps you could read Surah Kafirun in the first rakah, Surah Ikhlas in the second. And thereafter you sit down on your musallah, on your sajjada, and 
you praise Allah, you send durood upon the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and you make sincere tawbah. Sincere tawbah would involve subhanallah amongst other things, regretting what you have done. First, acknowledging. Now Allah knows what we have done. Allah knows everything. But He likes to acknowledge. He likes us rather to acknowledge to Him. Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for example, the narration with regard to when Allah takes away the son from a father, a young boy from his father. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends Jibreel Amin alayhi salam. It's hadith, hadith al-Qudsi. And Allah says, Jibreel, go to him and see what he's doing. And the hadith says, knowing well that Allah knows exactly what he's doing. So subhanallah, Allah knows what sin we've committed. Whatever sin it might have been. But Allah still wants us to acknowledge it. Like the Prophet ﷺ, when he would pray, and Aisha radiallahu anha would tell him, why do you pray so excessively? He used to acknowledge Allah. He used to say, abdan shakura. Don't I need to be, mustn't I be a thankful servant of Allah? Allah has given me the ability. So same with us. If we've made a sin, we got to be, oh Allah, I've made this particular sin. Otherwise, we could be making a very general tawbah. And a general tawbah might not necessarily get us away from a particular sin. A general tawbah, if we're not mentioning a particular sin. So sometimes we're thinking, how is it that I continue to make this sin? How is it that despite asking Allah, I'm making this sin over and over again? Because if we're not specific in our dua, and we say, forgive us, Allah will forgive us generally, right? But then the tawfiq, which comes with regretting that particular sin from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala won't yet be given. Until and unless a person acknowledges. So you got to be like, we got to be like, oh Allah, I am a liar. I am one who steals. I am one who makes zina. That's the sin we, yesterday we spoke about the one sin that we want to change. So we sit in our sajjada and our salah and we say, oh Allah, I acknowledge that I have made this sin. Now, it's not going to, your life and our lives are not going to change overnight. Okay? But if one sin gets taken away, you'll feel lighter overnight. Subhanallah. If one sin gets taken away, if you feel that I've stopped this sin, automatically you feel like a better person. Your life might not change. You might not get extra sustenance the next day. People won't come and kiss your hand and think that you're a very pious person. No, they won't do all of that. But you will feel pure in your heart. When you're walking, subhanallah, you'll feel, wow, that's off my chest. The Prophet ﷺ speaks about sin and he said, well, And sin is that which sits in your chest. And that's why when you make tawbah for a sin, it's like almost like you feel, subhanallah, it's not hurting anymore. You know, sometimes when people resolve and they say, I'm not going to talk bad about anybody. Really, I'm not going to talk bad about anybody or I'm not going to backbite about my uncle. Really, I'm just going to pick up the phone. I'm going to ask for forgiveness. So all the time we've been walking along and as we're moving, driving, we get up in the morning, there's this hatred and there's this constant load that we're carrying on our shoulder, right? And then we wake up one day and we realize, so, subhanAllah, life is too short. It's a sin that I'm committing unnecessarily. And so what do we do? We pick up the phone, we drop our pride, we pick up the phone and we realize that, wait a minute, it wasn't such a big deal after all. 
right? Okay, there was maybe, maybe I got a little bit of swearing. And so I, I, and everything was okay afterwards and I put the phone down and subhanAllah, you feel like 10 kilos lighter and everybody likes to feel lighter these days. So you literally feel lighter. You walk in, you think, wow, subhanAllah, I, I, I did a good thing. I did a wonderful thing. So acknowledgement of the sin, that Allah, I've done the sin. Two, nadama, to regret the sin. That Allah, why did I do it? How could I do it, Allah? How could I, how could I have hurt you? How could I have gone against your command? I, I didn't deliberately do it. Well, I deliberately did the action, but it, I didn't deliberately challenge you, right? So, so, we, so we acknowledge, and then we regret. And we say, Allah, I'll never ever make this sin again, okay? And then we make the tawbah itself. Allah, forgive me for the sin. So acknowledgement, regret for the sin, and tawbah. And if it is subhanAllah with regard to the rights of an individual that we committed a sin, then we go to the person. Now the worst thing that can happen is the person doesn't forgive you, but then you've done your duty. That's the worst. Or the person kills you, but then you earn shahada. What? I mean, like what worst can happen if you're acknowledging? And then what can you say to somebody who sincerely comes to you and says, I'm sorry. The person comes, begging bowl in his hand, he's sincere and he says, really, I'm, I'm really sorry. How do you react? Even the craziest of us, we just break down. Because here the person staring in front of us, tears in his eyes and he's almost like, I'm really, really sorry for what I did. I don't know how to explain myself or express myself in words. And so subhanallah, we forgive the person. Or if we don't forgive the person, then at least, or that person doesn't forgive us, we've done our duty. Then there is between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and perhaps Allah will intervene on the day of Qiyamah. So that is now what Tawbah is. After we wake up, my Sheikh says, after we wake up from the Musalla, now somebody says, am I forgiven for that sin? Am I not forgiven? He says, that when a person makes Tawbah in this manner, after he cries to Allah, he must stand up knowing that he's forgiven. Subhanallah. You don't stand up with a doubt in your mind. You don't stand up because we, we think of Allah. Somebody said something nicely yesterday to me. He said, don't open a business. Don't open up a business based on how much you can spend. Don't open up a business based on how much you can spend. Open up a business so if somebody wants to buy, a, you might, I might not be able to afford a 400 rand cake, he said, every week, right? But there's some crazy person out there who might be able to. So if you're opening up that, he just gave an example. And I thought, subhanAllah, when we're asking Allah, don't ask Allah based on what we have. You can't ask Allah based on that because we have nothing. If we want to ask Allah, then ask Allah based on everything that He has. And Musa and Khadir as they were traveling, there was an example that was given in terms of the pin that had been placed in the water. And Musa is told by Khadir that the treasures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala compared to that which we have, and the knowledge and everything of Allah compared to that which, that which we have is like the water on this compared to the water of the ocean. Subhanallah. That is how great Allah is. And there's two narrations I'd like to tell you. The first narration is with regard to, you know, the queuing system. So you take a number. Unfortunately, in the court of Allah, there's no taking a number. Because everybody is number one. Subhanallah, everybody in the court of Allah is number one. If you bow down, you're the number one. 
The next person bows down after you, he's also number one. The next person bows down five minutes after that, he's number one. Anybody who bows down is number one. That's it. That's the quote of Allah. That's just how it is. Anybody who asks, as soon as they ask, is number one. There's no number two. There's no second in the court of Allah. Right? And how do we know this? The Hadith Al-Qudsi says, Hadith Al-Qudsi is that which Allah Himself speaks. And it says, that if all of creation, subhanAllah, to the effect, if all of creation, all of creation from the beginning of time to the end of time, all of creation, have to stand on one plane, and they all have to simultaneously ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now let's just give an example, okay? Sometimes it's difficult to understand the wife. That's, that's the first and classic example. You're like, what? what? <laughs> I never heard you. <laughs> said, I said it, I, was, I, I said it three, four, I, I didn't hear you. If you're keeping the relationship, then the white lie is permissible. Okay, anyway. So, your one son speaks, right? He's speaking, and he comes with his report, or his project, and he's like, see my project. And you're busy having a look at that, and then your other son comes, and then subhanAllah, and he's like, now see mine, and this one is telling you about his, and this one is telling you about his, but because you and I have spent some time with both of them, we can, we can focus, we can concentrate, and we're understanding, and because we've already done work with that project, we kind of were involved, and you know, most of the time we do the projects anyway. So we kind of like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then the third one comes in, but, but we, we almost have an idea, because we've spent 15, 20 years together, right? Now we have another scenario. Here's a man, and subhanAllah, a person comes to him, he's talking in his language. He starts talking, he hasn't met him before, and he's talking to him, subhanAllah, and he's having a conversation. Somebody else comes and they start talking in the same language, right? And he's okay with it because you sometimes can't do that. You're like, just, just hang on a second, you tell that person, he's like, okay, okay, just let me get back to you on that one, like how we take phone calls nowadays, you know? It's like, just hang on there, I'm getting back to you now, and then we take another call, and then, but we focused, we almost like we can understand everything. So the third person comes in with the same language, and we're like, wait, guys, guys, just wait, hold on a second there, it's going to be like one at a time, it's going to be one at a time. This is the human being. Now we get to the third scenario. There's a person speaking in your language, in my language, subhanAllah, okay, and he's speaking in this language, and you're like, okay, I got you, I'm on your page, Talk to me. <clears throat> and here comes another gentleman and he's like in Afrikaans. <laughs> he's talking in Afrikaans. And now really, how do you understand and reply to both of them? You, you're going to be saying something to him that's wrong or something to him that's wrong. And here we have Allah. <clears throat> and Allah says, if on one plane, from the beginning of time to the end of time, the multitudes of creation, if they all stand together and they collectively start asking Allah for every need from the largest need to the smallest need, if every individual starts asking Allah at the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hear each one's call individually. Subhanallah. We, in South Africa, that means 11 people can be speaking at the same time and Allah is listening. In other parts of the world, how many languages do we have? Today, Qarisab recited, 
Allah taught him speech. Subhanallah, the other day I seen somebody reading Taraweeh Salah and the speech he was using was Braille. He was leading the Salah and he was, as he was reading, he was paging through the fingers. How many languages do we have? Languages are not necessarily spoken. Allah says, There are even things that praise Allah, but we can't understand their praises. So those things that praise Allah, Allah hears that. The trees talk, the stones talk, the sands talk, the mountains, the earth, the heavens, the skies beneath the earth, everything, that which is in the sea, that which is in the depths of the sea, in the trenches of the sea, in the explored parts of the sea, in the unexplored part of the sea, in the forest, that which have been explored, in the unexplored parts, from the east to the west, the north to the south, the multitudes of people, Allah listens to all of them, subhanAllah. The hadith goes on. The hadith says, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to give every creation whatever their need is, if every creation has to be given whatever their need is at one time on that one call, it won't reduce from the greatness of Allah like one drop of water compared to the foam of the ocean. وَعِنْدَهُ مَفَاتِحُ الْغَيْبِ لَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّا Because with Allah are the treasures of the unknown. So ask wholesale, not retail. Why must you ask retail when you got Allah as the supplier? Subhanallah. We're talking about the sin now. So there is now... Is Allah listening? Of course Allah is listening to you. Allah said already in the Quran, Kuntum khayra ummah. You are the best of people. So why wouldn't Allah be listening to us? So if Allah listened to shaitan, why won't Allah listen to you? Right? Even if though you were one time shaitan. Now you're good. Alhamdulillah. So if Allah listened to shaitan, at the highest point, when shaitan directly challenged Allah, in Allah's court, he directly challenged Allah. Allah said like, what's the problem? Why didn't you bow down? And he was like, I'm better than him. Do you know what that takes to challenge Allah? Do you know what it means to challenge Allah? It's just out of the mind, just out of the, to even understand it. But the reason he did it, ulama say, is because he knew that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had two qualities, amongst others. The first quality is that Allah was forbearing. Allah is not one that just reacts. No, Allah doesn't do that. Allah just doesn't react. He's not reactionary. And the second quality is, He knew that Allah will answer him even if Allah was angry. And that is the great man. A man who gives while he's in a good condition, subhanallah, he's good. But a man who gives when he's not in such a good condition, he is subhanallah a great man. Can you imagine a youngster comes to the father and he brings his report card. He's got about four or five circles there. And uh, father is looking at the report and he's like... <laughs> But as the father is looking at the report, he says, Dad, I, I need to go to summer camp. It's like, what are you talking about summer camp? I mean, you need to, we need to talk about this report first. But that's not Allah. Allah doesn't look at our action, subhanallah, before he answers. We look at people's actions and then we answer. 
person comes to us, he says, give me something. And I'm kind of like, oh, you. Yeah, remember. Okay. While the person is asking, we're like kind of processing. It's like, okay, okay, remember last time. Say, GG, sorry, what were you saying? Oh, math, man. I don't have change at the moment. Despite the fact that we do. So great is a man who can forgive, subhanallah, when he's not in a position. Great is a man who can give, subhanallah, when he's at his worst. When his anger is at the greatest. And shaitan knew this. And so what I'm saying is Allah answers our prayer. Allah answers our dua. So ask Allah. And then the example is given, subhanallah, of a person who makes dua. Because we all sin. Right? And we think about the last year. And uh, I promise you, inshallah, from tomorrow I'm going to be fast-tracking all of this. But not, not tomorrow. Tomorrow we got to... Uh, from uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, inshallah. I'm going to fast-track this, inshallah. Uh, I don't even think Yusuf alayhi salam spent so much time in his life. But anyway, from Monday, inshallah, till before Ramadan, we'll finish, inshallah. So, anyway, subhanallah, who is, who is this Allah? Because, <clears throat> you know, why? Why have we been created? And, and what's, what's this whole thing about? Why, why are you here? Why are you listening? Why are you, why are you doing what you're doing, man? Brother, sister, what? I mean, just why? What are you trying to do? <laughs> And, and all we're saying is, Allah, we just want to get connected to you. That's it. In, in whichever way we can. That's, that's what we're here for. I, I mean, I know, Allah, that I, I have like a cupboard, actually a, f- a full factory full of sins. Right? And, and Allah, you've kept them hidden. And the lock and key, nobody even knows about it besides you. And so the only thing I'm asking, Allah, is I want to I get forgiven for a few things. So what does Allah say? So firstly, we know now that Allah answers. Secondly, how much does Allah forgive? How much? So somebody comes, right? Comes to me today, subhanAllah. And I have to say this and then I'll conclude, inshallah. Somebody comes today and he's like, brother, I'm in, of, I'm, in, I'm in need of some help. And I tell him, alhamdulillah. So, hey, here's some sadaqah you can take out. It's good that, it's good that I give him some sadaqah. You take out 100 rand, you give it to him. The next day he comes, he's like, hey, brother, how's it? Man, you know, I, I still need it. Like, subhanAllah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit sick today, feeling sick. Give him another hundred rand. The third day you see him and you're like, hey, you sick, isn't <laughs> And then you take out a 50 rand maybe. And then towards the end of the week, you're like taking another way to work because <laughs> this brother is going to be finishing your salary. Now, is Allah like this? If we take another path sometimes, which is the wrong path. Does, does Allah not answer? No, subhanAllah. The hadith al-Qudusi says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the servant, and this is what we need. We need hope, brothers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when the servant sins, and he says, Allah forgive me, the servant of Allah says, Allah forgive me. Allah says, ghafartu laka wa la umali. He says, I've forgiven you and it doesn't matter. Then he sins again. And he says, Allah forgive me. And Allah says, ghafartu laka wa la umali. I've forgiven you and it doesn't matter. If this doesn't raise the hair on your hands, I don't know. And then he says, Subhanallah, Allah, I've, I've, I've sinned again. And Allah says, laka wala ubali. I've forgiven you and it doesn't matter. Then Allah adds, just wait a second. This process will continue happening and happening and happening. Even if your sins are as much as the foam of the ocean. As long as you turn to me, I'll forgive you and it will never ever matter. And where does this come from? Allah is all hearing 
And Allah is all knowledgeable. He knows. And because Allah knows and we don't know, we must get in touch with the one who does know. وَصَلِّ اللَّهُمَّ وَسَلِّمَ بَارِكَ عَلَى سَيِّدِ الْمُرْسَلِينَ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ